Welcome back to the Baseball Plug. I'm your host, Micah Fleischman. Joined alongside me is my co-host and good friend, Nicholas Bear. Nick, how's it going? I'm doing pretty good today. Very, very relaxed. It's looking out the window right now. It's super foggy, so it makes me a little tired. But other than that, doing well. We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. How are you doing? I'm good. Uh, tired? Ready for summer? School's out? A lot of baseball, so just, just, just ready. Um, guess we're gonna talk about it. Let's dive in. So I, I guess we start with with the Angels. What was that thirteen game wait, losing wait. streak? It, it was up to uh, fourteen. Fourteen and then, games, and then they won, and then they lost again. So they've lost fifteen to sixteen. How can that? I don't know how a franchise, just <laughs> like a fan base, can tolerate that. As when you I, have Mike like, Trout and Shohei Otani on the team, I that just boggles my mind how you lose that many games straight. Like you don't even have to be the worst team ever to lose that many games straight. I mean, you'll see the worst teams beat a team. So that's the great. That's one of the things about baseball that I love is that a great team will just lose, just randomly lose a game to a team that they have no business losing to. The Dodgers lost five or six of the Pirates this year. I mean, that, yeah, that's yeah. what you're saying. Yeah, the Dodgers have no business losing those games, yet they do. So, uh, I don't know. It's got to be a lot of bad luck. I mean, I feel like there's only so much that that you can just do about that's wild to me i mean mike trout did go on like an 0 for 26 streak or something like that is the longest of his career right um but eventually they i thought it was kind of a reactionary move one of the most reactionary moves i've seen in a while to fire joe madden i agree i mean I feel like it was predictable, but it was just very reactionary in the sense that, oh, we just want to blame someone. They just wanted to point the finger at someone. So that, Joe, you got to go. Um, I don't know that he was necessarily the problem. I don't think there's any one person that was the problem, but, you know, they decided to do that. It's not, it's not going to change who they are. Dude. I, there are 29 other teams that would love Joe Madden on their, on their staff as a manager or something else like i i don't think he's the problem i i I agree that they just kind of pointed a finger and said okay we gotta we gotta get rid of somebody to make it seem like we as the front office care i guess but joe madden seems far from the problem no he seemed far from the problem for me. I mean, if anything, he seems like a guy that after a while, when your team is losing, he's going to rally those guys together and and get it to turn around eventually. I mean, I understand he's a fairly unconventional manager at times, but um, he, I, he, he just strikes me as that type of guy that's going to get everybody in the locker room and say, hey, listen up. This shit isn't okay. We got to get we, – we got to turn this shit around somehow, some way. Um. But I, I think what made it easy for the Angels to fire him like that was um, the current GM, I forget his name, was not Joe Madden's pick. He was hired after Joe Madden was picked by previous uh, general manager. I believe it was DePoto. 
Show you yeah. the photo. Yeah. Um, so that made it easier for him, but still, it was very, very much a finger pointing and reactionary move to just a 14 game losing streak, especially two weeks ago. They were they one were of the best place. teams in baseball. Yeah. They were in first place in their division. They were over 10 games over 500, and they had just thrown a freaking no hitter. And it was just like they were on top of the world. Dude, I, I don't know. They're like, the first person to go is normally the manager. But let's not forget that the manager isn't out there. They're they're put the manager's job is to put the team in the best position to win. And when your players aren't producing, that's not the manager's fault. There's not much they can Joe Madden's not gonna go out there and, and get four out bats a game or pitch seven innings. Like it's just that's just not gonna happen. There are times like Tony Larusa that like Walking Trey Turner or uh, to, on a one-two pit on a one-two pitch to get to Muncie, like that—that that is a manager's fault. That was not. That just just made no logical sense, right? I was I was even I was if, watching that game. I was confused. Hey, even if Muncie tapped back to the pitcher and on the first pitch, and it was and like that never happened. Still, what's like? It doesn't make sense, right? So. Like there are times where it's definitely the manager's fault. And I'm gonna be honest, I didn't really I don't watch the Angels as much as I should. Um but I I can't you can't just point the finger at Madden. And I was talking with some people that I know that that are big Angels fans and do follow them closely, and they're like, it wasn't really Madden's fault. Uh he just kind of got dealt a bad hand, which is pretty normal for a manager I, I'm, I'm pretty sure it was joe tory that said that managers the job of the manager is to just get fired at one point or another you're gonna go at one point but it's how long are you gonna stay and for madden it wasn't very long i mean it, i almost feel like it was the same thing with the angels under mike Sosha. i mean Goes back to your point about what you said about Joe Tory, though. What he once said about how long I'm, are you going to stay around? Don't quote me on the Tory thing. I but oh, I know no. someone said it. Well, it, it's it's a summary, basically, of what you said or something, or, or what someone said. So we'll sure. say that. Um, my, I mean, Mike Shosa Shosa was with the Angels for a while, and I don't even really think it was his fault the Angels were bad when he was there. But um, you know, again, he had been around long enough, according to the Angels, so. I don't know. It, it's just as a baseball fan, it's really, really hard to talk about because we're seeing two guys and Mike Trout and Shohei Otani, arguably two the two best players in the game, or were going into the season at least, and they're not even going to be in the playoffs. Like we can't get these guys in the playoffs, even with expanded playoffs. We want that as fans, dude. It, it it's it just it. I don't really get it. I don't really get how the Angels just put themselves, they almost shoot themselves in the foot every year. Whatever it is, they always find a way to mess something up. And they it, like they got pitching. They got pitching a little bit of it, right? They they've always been able to hit. We knew this, mm-hmm. and they still just. I don't know. They still just can't get it done. They they can't get out of their own way. Sometimes it feels like. I don't. Yeah, I don't really know what more to say. I mean, it, it's 
frustrating. I don't like seeing Mike Trout and Shohei Otani. Basic, I'm just going to say, they're being held hostage by an incompetent organization. That I mean, that's what it is. And, and it's holding baseball fans hostage from seeing two of the best players in the game in the playoffs. Mike Trout has only been in the playoffs once his entire career. In 2014, the Angels had the best record in baseball, went 98-64, and 64, and proceeded to get swept in the ALGS by the Royals that year until the Royals ended up losing in the World Series to the Giants that year. But Mike Trout has been around for over a decade, and we've only seen him once in the playoffs. Shohei Otani has been around for around half a decade. Granted, he missed one year due to Tommy John, and he hasn't been in the playoffs. Like, move the guys. I don't know. MLB, step in. Do something, please. I need these guys in the playoffs. Let's go around the league a little more. Um, Milwaukee's lost eight straight. That's interesting. Their run differential falls to just plus two. They're a game and a half back of St. Louis. Um, I saw Hater. Was that Hater who blew a save? Um, he finally did it. He gave up a couple runs. He did give up a couple runs. That 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 NL Central is really just not that good, huh? Pittsburgh is in third place. They're nine games under five hundred. Only eight and a half games back. A run differential of minus eighty nine. They've lost five straight. Um, out of out of the five teams in that division. Only one of them is on a winning streak. That's St. Louis. They've won two straight. Everyone else has lost at least four games in a row or more. So, the <laughs> NL. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt's having a great season for yes. the Cardinals, though. Um, he, I, I feel like he's very much became forgotten about after he got traded from the Diamondbacks to St. Louis. But he's having, he's putting up an all-star year. He should be the starter at first base for the National League. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, Goldschmidt's been really, really good. I believe he won player of the month honors uh, this month or last yes, month, whenever it was. Uh, last month, May, yeah. Right. Um, the NL East quietly has – quietly the Braves have just won 10 straight. Philly has also won nine straight. They are now a game over 500. And now we go, I guess, to, to the other Joe who got fired. Girardi got canned. Um, and it was pretty much for the same reason that the Yankees canned him is because he was just a little bit too uptight and drill sergeant esque. Um, one of those wins, I believe, you can accredit to Girardi. He won his last game there. Um, but other than that, it's it's all been under the new manager. And I'm not gonna lie, I don't know his name. I'm not gonna go look him up. I don't really care nearly enough. Um, but uh, Philly is an interesting team for me. Philly. Is a lot. Uh, Philly reminds me of the Angels. I think would be would be their best American League team. Comparison is Nick Nods's head. I, I don't know. They've got really good bats like Hoskins, Schwarber, Real Muto, Harper, Castellanos, Segura, Didi, Alec Bohm when he's right is really good. And, and and then they have good starting pitching, Aaron Nola and Zach Wheeler and Kyle Gibson. And then their bullpen's just a little bit empty, which has always been the theme for Philly. I believe they had like a five bullpen ERA a couple of years ago. It was the worst in baseball, worst in a couple of years. I'm sure we've talked about it at least once. Um, they lost Hector Neris, who was their longtime closer. Um, he's an astronaut, but they did get uh, – Kniebel, right? 
Yeah, they got Knable. He left the Dodgers to go over to Philly. And uh, I think that's it. Um, I, I'm under the impression that Philly can be a very competitive team down the stretch if they get good bullpen pieces. Uh, I I think they're really good. I think they I think they have a better lineup than the Mets do. Um, I don't know about starting pitching. Um, we know how good Wheeler is. We know how good Nola is. It, I think when it comes to starting pitching between the Mets and the Phillies, health is the question, as it seems to be for many teams. But I like to see Philly go on a little bit of a run. I mean, nine games is far from a little bit. It's, it's pretty impressive, but. They're reminding people, hey, we're here too in this NL East division that is very good uh, with, with the Braves, who we're going to talk about next. We won 10 straight. Obviously, we know who the, we know how good the Mets are. Um, don't forget about Miami. They're only three games under. Um, they're going to be really good in a year or two also. Um, and I'm sure we'll also talk about them with the whole Jazz Chisholm thing in a minute. But I, I like Philly just letting us know that hey we're here too don't count us out we're still very good yeah you know i've always seen philly as a team like they can be so good but they don't look good for whatever reason and you mentioned their lineup um which is top three top five in baseball but um they do also have some liability on defense because all those guys you named none of them are really that good defensively i think Bryce Harper is actually pretty good, but outside of all those guys. Bryce Harper is not playing in the field, though. Yeah, he's not right now because he has an elbow injury, so he's only playing DH. Uh, so Nick Castellanos is playing right field, which is terrible. Um, <laughs> but, uh, I mean, he, he probably plays right field as good as I could. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It just almost seems like after Girardi got fired, the team just kind of – there was a spark got going. Them for whatever reason. Yeah, I, yeah, no. I, I didn't – I don't know. I mean, their pitching has actually been better, too. It's not like it's just the offense. It's like, did the Phillies actually have bad pitching? Or is Girardi that bad of a manager that he couldn't manage a bullpen? I don't know. I don't think he's that incompetent. I, I, I genuinely think that that he knows what he's doing. I don't think the problem is his game time decisions and, and in-game decisions. It's, okay, how do – I address a clubhouse after we lose an eight, seven game where we were up seven, five and going into the eighth. And, and how does, how do those 26 people in, in the clubhouse react to that? And how do they go out the next day and how do they adjust and how do they get better and how do they motivate themselves and how do I motivate them to be better? And I think that's what the problem was with, with Joe Girardi. And something that I thought was interesting was, Buck Showalter, obviously first year with the Mets, took a while off of managing three or four years. He was with the Orioles before, and Buck's an old-school guy, and he has talked about how he has had to kind of change with the game in order to, to be able to stick around here, and what he's doing is working for the Mets. And again, I'm not saying that, oh, Buck Showalter is the reason that the Mets are winning, right? But if Luis Rojas or Mickey Callaway is there, I don't know if they have 39 wins. Maybe they have 34, right? Like, though, they're small things that really do pile up at the end of the season. And it's going to determine if you're a wild card team or you win your division or you don't play any baseball in October. And 
I don't think Joe Girardi is a bad manager. I just don't think this is the right era for him. I think he's a bad manager because of the era. I think that's what makes him a bad manager. I know. Sure, that yeah, you weird. can look. No, no, no. You can look at it that way. Yeah, because it's it's the exact same thing we mentioned him too. Tony Larusa. Tony Larusa is not a bad manager. Oh, Tony manager. Larusa is a, He's a, yeah. He's one of the best managers in the game, like overall. But he is a bad manager for this era of baseball. Like I agree. So they're both. Neither of them are bad overall. But it's just there seems to be this d- disconnect between the younger players and the older manager that just that doesn't want to adjust to the way the game is today. And that's that that can cause friction in the locker room. And on the field. Yeah, it's, it's stubbornness is what it is. It's it's how stubborn are you? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. Edwin has been really good. Uh, I want we're going to keep it in the NL East for a little bit. Because there is there is a lot to talk about. Uh, we've got Soto to talk about. We've got some stuff going down in Miami. We've got the Braves, and we'll we'll bounce around the league though. Don't worry. Um, sticking with the NL East though, Atlanta has been very good. Ten straight wins. Uh, they're second in the division now behind the Mets. Um, Acuna's hitting. Swanson's hitting. Riley's hitting. Ozuna's hitting. Olson's hitting. Pitching has been good. Kenley Jansen's been very good. Um, let's not forget, these are the defending champs. Take it however you want. I, we know base, it is very hard to repeat in baseball. And what the Braves did last year was not expected at all. It was We're not expecting them to repeat. We're not expecting them to even win their division. But don't be surprised if they do. And don't be surprised if they take advantage of the fact that the Mets are injured right now. So the Mets are short on starting pitchers. Scherzer, um, who else? Scherzer and DeGrom. DeGrom, that's that's who it was. Scherzer, I, DeGrom. I, um, I, I think I heard Scherzer. Scherzer is, he, he is, he is um, progressing much faster than they thought he would. Um, Bassett had a bad start. The bullpen hasn't been phenomenal. Um, I'm pretty sure Pete was out for a couple of days, or he is out. Yeah, he got hit by a pitch yeah. in San Diego, so he had a couple of days off with some x-rays. Um, they come back negative? Yeah, as far yeah, as so I know, they fine. come back negative. Um, but he might end up on the IL still for a bruise or whatever. Right. Um, and the Braves are capitalizing. Mets are 6-4 and four in their last 10. Um and the Braves have gained ground. They they closed that 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 weed that the Mets have from ten all the way to six, and um, you know, could get interesting. I want to talk about Jazz Chisholm. Wait, Before, can I can I just say one yeah, thing about the Braves? Yeah, of course, though? because I I think it's it's very relevant to what we were just talking about with Joe Girardi and Tony Larusa, and then you switch over to someone like Brian Snicker. Brian Snicker, I don't know if you remember, he held a team meeting when the team was like four or yeah. five games under five hundred. And since then, they've won ten straight games, and I think that that that's that that very much says how much Brian Snicker is able to connect with his guys, even as an older person, um, in the clubhouse compared to Girardi or Larusa. And I think that Brian Snicker, I think he would be a good manager in both eras of baseball. But okay. I think he has embraced this style of baseball and was able to go in the locker room and say. Hey guys, this is how we're supposed to bounce back after these losses. Let's go. And he's done so successfully. Yeah. It's been 
Snit's Snit's been a good guy for 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 the Braves for for a hot minute. He's been very good for them, and he's got a World Series under his belt. I mean, he what uh, there was a there was a play. I think it was 2019, might have been 2020, where Acuna hit a ball to right field and he pimped it, and it hit off the top of the brick wall, and he pulled him from the game, and he said, "Listen." can't do that you know you know that you're one of the best players in the game we know you're one of the best players in the game but not going to stand for that let's let's get it together and you know players respond to brian snicker very well yeah um i i do remember that incident with the cunha and he hasn't had a problem with the cunha since nope uh we go down to miami talk about jazz chisholm so I think there was there was a, like a meeting or something where it Jazz was a team meeting where Jazz Chisholm was kind of getting targeted and being like called out. I think they called him the Dennis Rodman of the Miami Marlins, which I just kind of find absurd. Um, no, but listen, I I read what was said about him and Dennis Rodman. The Dennis Rodman thing was said in a positive way. The the, uh, the person who talked about him as Dennis Rodman said. He's the Dennis Rodman of our team. He's very animated as a person, just like Dennis Rodman is. But he also performs on the field. Fun guy to be around. Like, I I don't know why people are saying that he was described as Dennis Rodman in a negative way. Because from what I read, he was described as Dennis Rodman. Yes, he does all this other stuff. But as long as he's performing, it's okay. They can deal with it. I mean, I'll tell you why I took it that way. is because the tweet that was set out was... He was like being targeted almost like they were yeah, they were they, kind of so gunning that, for him. What I've read is there were a group of veterans who were going after him, didn't like the he way made, he teammates were criticizing him, him behind his back. Mattingly made them talk it out face to face. And so then it was one of the guys that was defending him, like, yeah, guys, you know, he may be a bit of a Dennis Rodman with his antics and stuff. But this guy's performing really well. Yeah, so don't we don't forget really that this guy's probably going to start the All Star game at second base. I mean, a one forty two OPS plus, twelve homers from a second baseman, slugging five sixty. Like he's been really good. Forty runs driven in. Yeah, don't forget also stolen ten bags. He he's to me a superstar in the making. I've kind of seen him as that for the past year or two, and he's also exactly what this era of baseball needs not that Mookie Betts or an Aaron Judge or Shohei Otani aren't that but I feel like Jazz Chisholm has really embraced this era of baseball while being a superstar as well and I think that is great for the game and he's someone I look forward to watching the problem is he's on the Marlins and no one's gonna watch the the damn Marlins no one sucks he's really good he's fun to watch too it's a lot of fun he, to watch. He is. He's, he's very fun to watch. I mean, I saw him hit a leadoff home run yesterday against Houston, but I just I can't get myself to sit down and watch a Marlins game unless it's against the Dodgers. So I'm not watching him all the time, and I wish I was. But I'm with you. Last NL point, um, NL East. Soto's not getting traded, uh, Rizzo said. Mike Rizzo, I think that's the Nats GM. He said they're not going to trade Soto. I don't know if that's. Hey, we're not going to trade him, so give me a better offer, or or what that is. But yeah, 
Well, you have to say that as the owner. I, I feel like you can't not, or excuse me, I think he's the general manager, right? Yeah. Yeah, excuse me, the general manager. I, I think you have to say that. You can't, you can't, I, I don't think you can come out and publicly say right now, a month or two before the deadline, yeah, we're going to trade him because then he's on then, the team. Then, the, much, then the value he diminishes. He loses his leverage, one, and Soto feels unwanted on the team. You can't you you can't come out and say that. So that that's just what they're supposed to say. It's kind of scripted in a way. Uh, but I could totally see him being traded at the deadline. I mean, it makes all the sense. The Nationals aren't going to be good for at least the next couple of years. They traded Trey Turner, Max Scherzer last year. Josh Bell is going to be another trade candidate for them. If Nelson Cruz heats up, he's a good trade candidate for them. Uh, yes, Juan Soto is under contract for a couple more years beyond this year, but um, I don't know that he's gonna. He's part of their long-term plans, which actually sucks because he's someone I feel like you would want to build around. But for whatever reason, maybe the Nationals don't want to. Because uh, the dude, remember, the dude is only 24 years old. He right. came up in the league when he was 18 or 19. Yeah, that's when he became a star. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, guess we move. I guess we move to the AOS to the AL. Um, we didn't we didn't do the NOS yet. Are there's nothing to talk about in the NOS. San Diego's half a game behind the Dodgers. That's it. Exactly. They're giving us a run for our money. Oh, but okay. no. Okay. Oh, hold on. One thing I do want to talk about with the Dodgers, though, NL West is Walker Bueller. He's he's injured right now. He had a oh yeah, four- yeah yeah yeah. So I'll I'll talk about that. Um. So last night Walker Bueller actually. I should backtrack a little bit. Walker Buehler has been struggling this year. He has an ERA of over four for this whole season. Isaiah kind of um, has made seven errors this season. Proceed. He? Proceed. <laughs> um, so it, it was weird because Walker Buehler is 27 years old, and no one at 27 years old just falls off a cliff like that. Um, and so as it turned out yesterday, Walker Buehler exited the game after four innings, 70, 70 pitches, and he has now been placed on the injured list with right elbow discomfort. So the Dodgers are going to get him an MRI. Obviously, we're hoping for the best, bracing for the worst, because uh, that's just kind of what you have to do as a baseball fan. And, um, you know, if he needs Tommy John surgery, I feel relieved about what he's done this year, because then I know, you know what? It was something that was bothering him, and it wasn't just Walker Buehler falling off a cliff at 27. So- has he, has he, has he, has he, Already had Tommy John because a lot has, of the when he was in Vanderbilt, he had because a lot of these guys coming out of college they've already had Tommy John, or, or when they're coming up to the big leagues, they, they, they've already had it from the minors. Yeah, so the Dodgers announced today, like I said, they put him on the IL, and Dave Roberts said it's going to be a while till he's back. And um, so it is obviously. Widely expected Dodgers will be in the market for a starting pitcher come the deadline. Um, it, it just brings me something I wanted to say real quick is, you know, we were we, we were talking about the Dodgers a little bit before the season started. Oh, my gosh, their roster is so good. Pitching, hitting, whatever. It, it just goes to show I don't give a damn how good the team looks on paper, how damn good they're playing. Every team is going to need something at the deadline. Oh, yeah. Contenders are always going to need pitching. And yep. so as we see with Walker Buehler, he's out right now. Um and so the Dodgers are a little thin on starting pitching. Kershaw just came back from injury today. Andrew Heaney's still on his way back. But, you know, 
our co-aces have been Tyler Anderson and Tony Gonsolin. So Heaney's on his way back. Heaney's on his way back. He's he's projected to make one more start on Tuesday in Tulsa, and then he he should be back by Sunday. But um, Tony Gonsolin, Tyler Anderson, like I said, they've done a lot of the heavy lifting to this point for the Dodgers starting rotation. Um, but yeah, the Dodgers are a little bit cold right now. They've kind of been up and down, but I'm not too concerned about yeah. them. They're 16 games over 500, um, and they'll figure it out. Yeah, they'll be fine. Uh, you guys are 16 games over 500 or 26? We haven't even, we haven't even gotten into 20 games over 500 yet. We're 26. I know. I've been watching. I've actually watched quite a few Yankee games this year because of Aaron Judge and because of how good they are. We can talk who, about who has hit want. two home runs today. My I God, he's he gonna win. Yeah. A little PSA here. Yankees, if you're listening, Brian Cashman, please, please extend please Aaron Judge. Please he is meant man. he is meant to be in New York. Please pay the man. Glaber has 12 home runs this year. OPS at 800. Didn't he, didn't he go oppo yesterday or the day before? Yesterday. That's what I thought. Jose Trevino's been pretty nice. Jose Trevino walked it off yesterday. He has an 869 OPS. Nice. I heard he had home run today, too, I think. He did go here today. He's three hits. Yeah. yeah, I've been keeping track of the Yankees quite a bit because they've been really good and Aaron Judge is the best player in baseball this season. Yeah. And their pitching has been light out. Like everything yeah, about the Yankees has been perfect. Yeah, Monty has gone seven innings, shutty, five hits, uh, 96 on, pitches. So his day is probably done. Um, Yeah. Yeah, Toronto's eight games back. Tampa Bay's eight and a half games back. Um, Yankees have um, the best run differential in baseball. Well, it hasn't been updated. It was 105 right now. It's 113. The Dodgers are at 109. We'll see how that goes after the, after tonight. Uh, yeah, the AL East. Uh, I don't. I don't, don't want to count those teams out yet. But the I don't want to count looking- them out either. But I, I the Yankees mean, are looking so much better than we thought they would. I mean, uh, I mean, even you admitted you thought the Yankees would be about a 91 team second place right beyond yeah. the Blue Jays. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, if the Yankees keep it up, this division's over. But I don't want to say a team's going to keep it up through 162 game season and win 120, 130 games, whatever it may be that the Yankees might win. I, I agree. I mean, like, dude. It's just it's just a Cashman masterclass. Like Clay Holmes has a point three one ERA and twenty eight point two innings pitched, right? Like Aaron Judge is at twenty four home runs and forty eight RBIs. It's it's just well, it's, a big thing absurd. I've noticed I've noticed for you guys too because I I know Gallo's been heating up lately. Gallo, he I, well let, let me let me go find the tweet because there was a why, tweet. That why I you put, go find that? While you go find that, what I have noticed about the Yankees oh, so far it. this year, they are staying healthy, man. I mean, I have not heard much about that team getting hurt. Stanton I mean, was out for a Stan bit. was out Other for 10 that, games. Stanton was out 10 games flat. Um, someone was out also 10 games flat. Uh, Donaldson was out. He was out a little bit over 10, a little bit over 10 games. Stanton was 10 days. Um, I think it was eight games, seven games. He's still at 13 home runs, around 40 RBIs. Um, yeah, you're right. They, they are staying healthy. And um, I, I've got 
okay. Since April 23rd, Joey Gallo's WRC plus is at 115, which is higher than these notable players. Nolan Arenado, Matt Olson, Frankie Wendor, Brian Reynolds, Corey Seager, Vlad Guerrero Jr., and Brandon Nimmo. So that's impressive. So yeah, Gallo's been Gallo has been good um for for a hot minute, um, which is really good. Really good. I, I, I do want to ask you just because I know that the Yankees have both Gallo and Hicks in the outfield. And I know actually Hicks has been heating up the past week too. Um, but um, what do you think the Yankees would consider trading Gallo if they could get an upgrade in the outfield or is his glove too good still? His, no, I think that I think they would trade him. His, it's his last, his last year under contract. I don't think they have any. And they're not going to give him the money that he wants. I don't think they have any real desire to resign him i i don't know if the deal's good you know if it's another lefty bat right then then maybe cashman yeah. will do it but i don't think they're going out and actively trying to shop him uh, i mean i'll say this with the way the yankees have acted much cheaper than they really are lately if they're going to extend aaron judge i don't think they bring stanton back i mean no i'm sorry not gallo. stanton i meant gallo. gallo no yeah I, that that also plays into it i agree I mean, the team is just so well-rounded right now, right? I mean, Judge, Donaldson, Rizzo, Stanton, Glaber, Trevino, Gallo's hitting well. LeMahieu's got a 770 OPS, 760 OPS. The pitching has been absolutely phenomenal. Like, you just, they're never out of it. They're really just never out of it. I mean, the last game against Minnesota, which was – let me go find that. Why can't I go find that? What are we in? What is it, June? Yeah, this is June. This is June 12th. Okay, so on the 9th, um, it was the rubber match of a three-game set. Um, I think it was our 17th straight win- series win against Minnesota. Um but we were they, they were down. Scored a run in the first inning. Garrett Cole gives up three homers in a row. Then we go put up a two spot the next inning, tie it up. And then the bottom half of that inning, Garrett Cole gives up another three run, gives up another homer. This time it's a three run shot. And then the next inning, one more, Trevor Larnich. So it's 7 3. And we, I just, none, no one thought that we were out of it. Well, Yankees Twitter was like, all right, let's, let's go. 7 3, let's go win it. And then what they do, fifth inning, two runs, sixth inning, two runs, seventh inning, two runs, eighth inning, one more run just for the hell of it, 10-7 final. Um, yeah, I mean, like I alluded to earlier where I don't want to count the other two teams out, the Blue Jays and the Rays, it almost does seem like as good as the Yankees are, it seems like a thing that's almost too good to be true every day that they will eventually kind of have a streak where they go 500 or a little 500 for a couple of weeks and the other I mean, teams can gain some ground. Um, because I, I, you're not I mean, you're not going to win every game that you're down four runs. I mean, sure, but let's let's play the math game right now. So they're forty two and sixteen, right? They're going to win this game now. They're they are. It is eight nothing in the bottom of the seventh. So let's let's presume fifty three and sixteen, right? Fifty three. I mean, forty three and sixteen is fifty nine okay. games played, right? So if you mm-hmm. if you subtract fifty nine from one hundred sixty two, you're at one hundred three. Well, obviously, 103 is not an even number, so let's say 51 and 52. So if the Yankees play sub-500 baseball for the rest of the year, they'll win 93 games. That's fucking yeah, crazy. So, that's fucking I mean, crazy. They, they like, that's, seem, that's fucking crazy. 
they seem to be a lock for the playoffs already. I'm going to say. I agree. I agree. But again, like I said, Tampa, Tampa Bay, Toronto could heat up and they could end up winning more than 93 games. I'm not saying they will. Sure. But I'm saying if the Yankees go about 500 the rest of the year, like you said, and the other two teams or one of them go get really crazy, you never know what's going to happen. Because like, like we said about the Mets, the Mets were up like 10 and a half games a week ago. In the division. Six. Now it's six and a half. Yep. Six or six and a half, whatever it is. Yep. That's so, anything else? Have you got anything else? No? Um, the break us to I'll say that. I guess. I mean, they, they kind of back from The Astros, I'll say this. The Astros sure. pitching has been better than I thought it would be. I did That's not think it, they, it would keep up uh, the way it is. Even though they lost Granky, uh, Justin Verlander has bounced back. Phenomenal. Amazing. Oh, it's been really good. Tommy John. Uh, and I mean, what, hey, 30, the, yeah. And I mean, hey, the AOS is, is awful. Houston is the only team above 500 in that division. Man, the, the Seattle Mariners are going to go another year without making the playoffs. Yep. That sucks. It does. But yeah. People I were really high on them. I just never really I bought was. it. Did I buy it? I, I don't think I bought it. I think I was more high on them than you were. Yeah, I just never really, um, I just never really got it because I thought what they did last year was just kind of a fluke. Yeah, is Kyle Lewis playing? Like, what happened to Kyle Lewis? I don't know. They, they sent some guys back down. Other guys are still up and they're struggling. I know Julio Rodriguez hasn't panned out so far the way they wish he thought. Uh, they thought Mariners, he was. Kyle Lewis. Um, one other team, I think. Hasn't resumed baseball activities. Bro, what? He played four games this year. And he played 36 last year. Bro, that's 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 trash. Oh, he played well this year in his four games. 979. What did, what, what did he hit in his four games? Uh, 979 OPS. Pretty good. Actually, yeah. really good. Really good. Um. Yeah, I mean, the only other team that I think we should mention real quick, I, I know we mentioned La Russa, but the White Sox have been a huge, huge disappointment to everyone. A lot of a lot of people have them as a possible World Series favorite or favorite coming out of the AL, and they've been under 500. I mean, that team is really, really bad right now. They're yeah. down bad. Yep. Okay, well, that's going to do it for us. Thank you, everybody for listening to this week's episode of the Baseball Plug Podcast. I'm Mike the Fleischman. I'm Nicholas Spare. You can follow me on Instagram at MSF underscore 0416 and on Twitter, Micah, M-I-C-A-H underscore 0416. And you can follow me on Twitter at Nicholas Spare 7 and my Instagram. It's different than it's been for the past years. Because um, I never changed it before. This is the first time I've changed it. It is now Nicholas, my full first name, underscore bear, zero, zero. So there you go. It's new. Thank, thank you, everyone, for tuning in. Peace out.